You're listening to the Surf Simply podcast, bringing you news and opinion about surf culture, characters, coaching and competition from the team at the Surf Simply Coaching Resort. Find us on facebook.com slash surfing or at surfsimply.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 11 of the Surf Simply podcast. We're recording on Friday, April 10th. My name is Harry Knight, and with me today is Mr. Asher King. Hello, everyone. And Miss Jessica Carnes. Hello, everybody. So no Rue this week, because he's, uh, he's away in New York. On a little vacation. Well, a little vacation and talking to Google, so hopefully we'll have a little video of that that we can post up for you guys to look at. Before we go any further with this uh, particular podcast, we have a few uh, retractions that we need to make, you and me particularly, Asher. Sorry about that, guys. From uh, episode 10, we both jumped in very quickly uh, when Rue asked us who won Snapper and claimed that Steph did. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, and sorry, Carissa Moore, obviously, who won that one. Uh, we also mentioned that Bells maybe wasn't one of Kelly's stronger events. And um, it turns out... Turns out he's got he's, four uh, bells he's, under he's his He's done uh, better than anyone else. So to make sure that we're uh, a little bit more on point this week, we've uh, we've brought Jesse in. I'm here for you guys. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what have you guys been up to this week? I've actually had a, quite a busy week in a way. Ordered a new board. Ooh. They're exciting. New step up board. I have a big, big question for you. And what's that? Color or no color? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Definitely color. All your boards have color, Harry. Well, you they do, stick but with see, it. I generally I get a white board and then spray paint it. But right. I'm wondering if maybe I should just have see, some color thrown on it to start with. I really like the act of painting the surfboard, but I get really tired of my art really fast. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I have no artistic ability. I just do sort of big block colors. Yeah, um, lately, lately I've been pulling the Clohe and Dino and just getting straight black. Just black rails. black rails. The black rail does look good. Does. It's, it's nice good. and clean. <laughs> I think it shows a generational thing that you call that a Colohandino, where most of the rest of us would call that a Tom Curran. Ah, uh, gotta give it to Tom <laughs> Curran. I do the rails though. I do the rails. I I, I don't get the stripe down them anymore. Uh, okay. I also very quickly. I hope the sound on this particular program is is going to be a little clearer and a little bit more leveled off. I mentioned last episode that we got sent some software from Jack Cote from Isotope Inc. I've now had a little play around with. Uh, the software, which is an amazing piece of kit. It's the RX4 program. And uh, so I'm going to run this episode through that once we've finished the edit. And hopefully the sound is all going to be level and beautiful and we're not going to blow your ears out. What have you been up to, Jesse? So I've been watching a lot of the contest, surfing a lot. Pretty much the contest has been keeping me occupied, though. I yeah. watched a little bit of that of the Priority series. and uh, Yeah, now I was going to bring that up. Aha, uh-huh, got you. And to be kind of boring. I've been doing lots of schoolwork for my exercise science degree, but I'm very proud to say that I basically won up to my teacher in the physiology of respiratory system chat um, and our discussion the other night on Tuesday night. So I was like really stoked for myself. I know more about breathing than you do. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. So you watched the priority thing? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've watched a little bit of it. It seems oddly familiar. It does seem oddly familiar from uh, Red Bull's Twenty One Days, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they just absolutely took the idea, just word for word, identical. I like added the fact three that surfers. They, yeah, two. I, like, I like the fact they seem to have stolen the voiceover man as well. Oh my god! They haven't gosh. just taken the program. They've taken the deep voiceover man who they makes gotta, everything sound dramatic and they the got, intense music. Yeah. <laughs> They got a slightly worse knockoff version than the Red Bull man. And what I really like about the Red Bull guy is he does all their action sports series. Yeah. So it brings a little bit. I don't know. It's kind of cool to hear him talk about surfing, but 
don't know. We'll see how this new guy goes. I liked yeah. it. I thought it, it's cool to see them just getting, whether it's Red Bull or, or this new series, I think it's cool to get behind I, stories of see, the I, surfers. I definitely agree with that. I think it's really good that they're making people interested in some of the, the sort of slightly more blue collar mm-hmm. surfers. You've got a lot of people on the tour that people don't hear about you know everyone knows of Steph Gilmore and Carissa Moore and Kelly Slater and Mick Fanning but there's a lot of competitors that people don't know about and I think that the 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 Red Bull series was really good at getting you to know people and what I did like about the priority series was I liked how it it actually went through into the contest and you could see the waves because I I thought that the the Red Bull setup was really clever in that, that they built you up to, to the start of the contest. You know, it was, it was the 21 days running up to the start of the contest. And you got kind of excited about it to then sit down and watch. And see how the guys did. Well, yeah. And I always, it always slightly bugged me that they never had that last episode at the end of the contest waiting period of, well, here's how. The 22nd day. Yeah, the 22nd <laughs> day. Like, here's how it went down. And so I liked that the Priority Series did follow them into the contest and, like, see how it went. But the thing that I didn't get or that I didn't like so much was that it came out middle of the event. Yeah. Middle of the next event. Yeah. It came out middle of the next event. And so you, I sort of feel it, it wasn't building you into exactly anything. Right. And the WSL is desperately trying to, to get viewers in. To yeah, I'll watch. give it to them. They are, they're trying pretty hard. Yeah. But, you know, if they'd, if they'd stuck a little bit closer to that 21 days format mm-hmm. where they'd had an episode before Snapper. And say, like, here are the guys that we're going to follow. And then, obviously, it's going to be getting into bells because they're quite close together. But had mm-hmm. a, a pre-episode and then a post-episode rather than, than one bundled episode that comes out after the event. I don't know. Well, yeah. No, I agree. I totally agree. WSL, guys. Maybe, uh, maybe something to consider. A few little news items this week. Just a, a few things that have caught my eye over the last couple of weeks. First big one. Uh, was obviously the final confirmation that Kelly is now a majority shareholder in Firewire, which is quite exciting. And in fact, uh, much more of a majority than than was first rumored. I think he's now seventy percent shareholder. Seventy percent. Uh, that's pretty solid. That's yeah, awesome. That's, that's a Go Kelly Slater. But still riding CIs in the event. Yeah. Well, did, did you guys see the video that that came out last week where he was talking about his surfboards a little bit? Yeah. The uh, the ASP or WSL's insight into. His board bag. Yeah. Well, I thought that was interesting because he was saying, you know, basically he, he'll always be riding CI boards mm-hmm. to some degree or another. But yeah, he pulled out that Tomo, the Evo board that they're about to release. Yeah, I would love to get my hands on one of those. I'd love to try it. I did. Did you see the um, the Shapers Studio talk with Tomo? No, I, don't, I didn't see that. Oh, it's really good. You know the the Shred Show with yeah. Chris Grove? So Chris is a very enthusiastic man. He's a very enthusiastic man. Actually, he tones it down in this a little bit. He does a, a one-on-one interview with Daniel Thompson from Tomo Surfboards and chatting about, uh, he sounds like a really interesting guy. He was talking about being you know, really into the physics and the, the, the hydrodynamics of the surfboard. And um, yeah, it, it sounded pretty interesting. I'd, I'd like to try one of those little planing hull things and, and see really how it feels. And then just to, you know, because Kelly doesn't get a lot of surf news, you know, no one really talks about him that much. Mm-mm. So just to keep the publicity going, he uh, he did his little April Fool's joke. That was awesome. He that got me. so good. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's he's hung his hat up. He's done. But I like, I wouldn't have surprised me if it was true. I almost, I thought it was an April Fool's, Fool's joke, but I was still really sad at the idea <laughs> of Kelly said, I read it and said, oh, I know it's April Fool's, but what if... 
Kelly Slater stopped. Yeah. Which for being 44 years old, that's pretty cool that he's keeping our attention like that. Yeah. yeah. It is pretty crazy. I don't know. I'm still pulling for him. I know. Me too. I'm totally still pulling for him. But I think after this year. I was about to say, I'm stuck in a room with two people from Florida. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got a lot of Slater bias in here. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But he seems to have a lot on. You know, he's bought Firewire. He's got that wave pool project going on. He's just bought the license to uh, a book about surfers smuggling drugs. Was that a... Tie Stick. Yeah, by Pete McGuire. I heard it's a pretty good book. I've heard it's a good book. I thought I might, uh, once Jesse has finished with my Kindle. Oh, yeah, I'm finished. Um, <laughs> I need to bring that back. <laughs> um, I might uh, I might download that and have a read of it. But, yeah, he's licensed that for a movie, and apparently there's some interest in doing a TV show on it. It kind of worries me. I, don't, I like Kelly Slater and all these projects, and I think he has a nice segue into life after WSL. Yeah. But I'd love to see him take that first WSL title. Yes, that would be nice. But I think kind of end on a high note. Yeah, he's doing a really good job, though. I think he's like he's not going to let go of one branch without grabbing onto another. And I think he's setting up a lot of smart decisions for his future. And I'm really looking forward to see what's what's coming up with Kelly Slater. Yeah, I think Ash is Ash is right as well. Though I I feel like I would I would love to see him leave at the top. You know, win a world tour and then say no. And then yeah, that's it. I'm not even going to come back and defend this. Like I'm not going to come in wearing the gold jersey next year. I'm done. One and um. Because that would just be his his career has just been such a, a fairy tale, mm-hmm. you know, of just the youngest world champion, oldest world champion, longest competitive career, most victories. Like it, you don't want to see that career just gently no. fade into obscurity. You want to you want to see that. Like, Come on, Kelly, pull one more ha- rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. That's my fear, though. My fear is that he'll slowly fade away, and I really don't want that for him. But then again, how cool would it be if Kelly Slater was 65 years old, just occasionally winning a World Tour heat, making it to round four? I'll make the cut each year, but he's (laughs) 66 years old. Pushing the boundaries, really beating going for kids it. that were born in you know 2005. Well, this is, I mean, to be fair, it was still fun. You know, when Taylor Knox was on tour a couple of years ago, like it was still really fun when they went to an event that he did well at. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't he do was, that good that often, but he'd, he'd put up a nine every once in a while, and it and it was such a cool thing to see him see him do it. Yeah, maybe Kelly can just go on to the big wave world tour. That's oh. what I was gonna say. I was like, if not, he'll be on like the big wave tour and winning all this. Yeah. So, did you guys see the the new tour lineup? Ooh, very interesting. Yeah, the new tour is up. Nazare is not on. Dungeons is not on, which we spoke about a little bit before with the uh, the WSL being chucked out. But interesting, Porto Escondido is on. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I, I, I think that would be really cool to have a contest out there. It's one of the waves that I obviously want to surf it at a lot smaller size, but that's definitely on my bucket list. I had this, uh, a good friend of, of mine was there a couple of years ago, and he said it is so far and beyond heavier than it looks. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, like, you go out and you surf it, you know, slightly overhead, and it gives you the worst kicking you have ever had in your life. Yeah, it's a crazy And then you way. see the guys pulling in these 15, 18, 20-foot yeah. tubes. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be a good contest. Yeah, what I'm kind of skeptical about is Puerto Escondido is one of those waves that it's known for. You paddle out, and you sit out there for six hours to get one wave. Yeah, well, I think that, that is kind of the challenge of that big wave world tour. Yeah. That, that having a heat format and quite a big crowd of people in and trying to run the whole thing in one. I mean, they've got a big window. They've got May 15th to August 31st. Oh, and they're going to get big south swell in that So they'll, they'll definitely get a swell, but it's, it's yeah. Because they have, what, they have eight guys in the water at once? I don't know. I, I, I know it's six or eight. eight. It's six or eight guys in the water at once. And so, yeah, all of them scratching around to try and get 
I think they have like an hour heat, don't they? Yeah. Like, trying to get that one wave. So. Out at Escondido. Yeah. I was sitting in Mexico City and in the airport and I was, I saw these other surfers and I went up to them and I was like, hey, where, where are you guys coming from? And they were like, Puerto Escondido. I was like, oh, cool. Well, where's your boards? Because I was kind of interested to see yeah. what they were writing. Didn't have any left. And they had none left. They no. were like, yeah, we broke them all. I was <laughs> yeah, like, they're not coming back. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty heavy. I did notice as well that they're going back to Oregon. To Nell Scott Reef. Yeah, which they didn't do last year. That always looks like a scary very wave. cold, yeah. nasty place to go surf. As if the waves weren't enough. It's also you know, 48 degree water. Oh, well, that, so that, that should be fun. Hope I hope they run a few more events than they did this year because they only got three events actually competed in in the, in the 2014 season. So I wonder if Makua Rothman's going to end up having a big wave world tour asterisk next to his name <laughs> as world champ like CJ Hobgood did in 2001. <laughs> Yeah, the half season. I half just season. I found out that Alex Gray is the defending champion of the Oregon Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Go yeah, Alex he's Gray. He's really switched over into the big wave thing in the last couple of years. He's been, been out in Ireland surfing Aileen's and stuff like that. It's and like not only big wave surfing, but freezing cold big wave surfing. Yeah, very much so. As well as the most enthusiastic announcer ever <laughs> yeah. when Volcom has that contest <laughs> in cloud break. Yeah, that's very true. The last two weeks, the contest has been going on at Bells Beach in Southern Australia. The women's wrapped up finally last night, our time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carissa Moore won the women's event. Mick Fanning won the men's event. What did you guys think of it all? Mick winning his fourth belt, tying Kelly Slater and Mark Richards. Mark Richards, yeah. Yeah, it's unreal. He definitely looked like the form surfer of the event. Throughout the contest, the waves were varying a lot. He had a lot of the early morning heats mm -hmm. where he was offshore. And then the last day was just kind of medium-sized and choppy, and he never really looked too challenged. He was No, I mean, I think that it was the right two guys in the final there, oh, wasn't it? absolutely. Like Mick and Adriano really were two very strong surfers through that contest. Yeah, and how crazy was that result? They tied. Yeah. That First. was awesome that was very very cool to see tied on a on a and they had a count back that's the first time they've ever done that in a final okay so just for those of you those of you listeners that didn't see this the final score in the in each heat is the total of your best two waves and at the end of the heat mick fanning and adriana d'souza were both tied on 15.27 um, and so what they then do is it's the person that's got the highest single wave score which ended up being mick with an 8.17 there's a lot of controversy about that heat yeah over adriano who had a 7.77 so it was really pretty close and, and adriano's last wave uh, the way it scored you got five judges they all give the the wave a score out of 10 and you cross off the lowest score and the highest score and the average of the remaining three is your score. Is your final score. And Adriano's last wave, three of the judges gave him a high enough score to beat Mick. Two of them didn't quite give it to him. Yeah. And the average of the middle three just kept him below and uh, kept kept him out. So. Oh man. Yeah. I and mean, what do you guys think, Mick or Mick or Adriano? Do you think Adriano got the score there? I think Mick had it. Um, he just surfed that wave so flawlessly and. He, like Asher said earlier, he was just performing throughout the whole contest amazingly. So. Yeah, you can pretty much guarantee Mick Fanning's going to be in the final of Bells. Yeah. yeah. They're at least in finals day in the semis. But right. Adriano, too, he's he's won at Bells. He's had a really good run out there. And he re looked really good through the middle portion of the contest. Mm -hmm. He's got that mean frontside bottom turn. 
Yeah. Seems like he covers about 30 yards every time he bottom turns front uh, side. It's I'm, those legs. Yeah. <laughs> Mick Fanning's bottom turn is incredible. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. If you watch the old footage of Mick Fanning before he blew his knee out, mm-hmm. like the quality of his surfing since that injury, like since he rehabbed it and like really worked it, the quality of his surfing is just so much higher. Yeah. Uh, he's quite a, you know, a lightweight sort of whippy surfer beforehand, and mm-hmm. now it's just all power. Yeah, he, he's got his formula down. I think all of them are taking it to the next level. Like, they're just trying to do that little bit of extra work outside of the water. So, in the water, they're just performing just that little bit much yeah, better. Yeah, fitness training, the yeah. nutrition, every, everything like that. What do you guys think of Nat Young making it all the way to the semis? Oh, Nat is Nat. He, uh... Grew up in Santa Cruz. Looks really good on his backhand. He's another surfer you can pretty much always guarantee. He's going to have a good result at Bells. He got second there a couple of years ago, the year Adriana won. He did. Yeah. I think he did really well last year. I think we're going to see like really good results from him throughout the, the rest of the season as well. He's He's got a real game face on when he's when he's competing, doesn't he? He's, right. Um, uh, yeah. It's interesting to see him, him and Kolohe have really, you know, they've both come out of Southern California. They've both gone through the NSSAs and into the QS and then into the World Tour. But I don't know, Nat seems to have a much more focused head on him when he's, uh, when he's competing. Yeah, Nat looks good. But, uh, hey, I don't know, copied Kolohe's spray job. I'm a pretty big fan. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about uh, Gabriel Medina's performance in the event? Uh, measured. Yeah. Measured. He seemed... Yeah, I don't know what to think about Medina these days because when he first got on the tour... I was really excited about him. He was a young guy, and he was just heads and shoulders above everyone innovation-wise. But now he's kind of taken that uh, tactician approach in that heat against Slater was all tactics. And throughout the event, he never put up more than like a 14-point heat score. All his his heats were, you know, for lack of a better word, they were pretty boring. Well, but you know what? Because I criticized him last year for doing the opposite and trying to win mm-hmm. with Hail Marys. And so actually, I'm really pleased to see him settling down a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I remember watching, I think it was two years ago, Mick Fanning just destroy him at, at France, France. And it was all tactics. Like Gabriel Medina was sitting there, boosting, 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 trying to get this big Hail Mary and win with a nine-point ride. Mm-hmm. And Mick just put two good sevens down, smashed him. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, don't, um, I, don't, I just don't know how I feel about it. Because if I was... In his shoes, obviously a win's a win, and I would want to come out the heat on top. But for a viewer, for someone that I, I, I know is capable of doing these big errors and these big turns, he just his heats were always so uninspiring. Maybe uh, he's going for another world title. I mean, yeah, he's definitely going for another world title. Yeah. And what did you think about the uh, the Kelly situation? Oh, I don't know. I, I kind of think Kelly had that heat, but <laughs> I'm a little biased. I'm from Florida. Yeah. Me too. He totally had that heat. <laughs> I, we were actually watching it together. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking out. <laughs> like, ah, come on, Kelly. Come on, Kelly. But no, it was a really good heat. And uh, you got to give it to him. He out-tacticked the, the king. And the conditions were the conditions were pretty bad when they were surfing together as well. Kelly and, and Gabriel, they weren't the best conditions. Yeah. And I think Kelly surfed amazing all up until that point. And the waves just went bad. And he kind of gave away his priority at one point. So, yeah. I really like Slater's lines that he takes at Bells. He does that big wrapping in section, kind of cutback rebound. Mm-hmm. He had that uh, in the early rounds, you did that reverse into a whitewater rebound. That was just, I don't that know, it kind of just serves it different. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was an awesome. It looks mate. so good. So uh, how about Mason Ho? It made a big impression in round one. Yeah, taking out the eventual champ. Yeah, yeah, took Mick down in the, in the lead. That was a huge air on a small Massive. 
Um, I I was sort of hoping that we were going to see Mason Ho carry on with that form and and go through, and then it was it was such a shame to see him just make that massive tactical error with, when it came to round three. Oh yeah, I definitely put him on my fantasy surfer team, and yeah. I was very disappointed as well. <laughs> Do you see his dad on the steps during oh, round yeah. three? He just going but just nice. going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he got a bit of a shooing when he got in. Oh. <laughs> Now, is, is Mason's dad Maiko or Derrico? Mike. So he's an old pipe master. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, so yeah. He's, got some, he's got some roots. He's got some good genes. And, and yeah, Coco. Coco is an uh, amazing competitor. Oh, yeah. yeah. She did actually pretty well in the women's event, too. She did. Uh-huh. What were your thoughts on the women's event? Um, I have lots of thoughts on the women's event. That's I really, what you're here for. <laughs> I really want to just kind of shout out to or, or talk about uh, Silvana Lima's performance throughout the whole event. I did not know she was 30 years old. She's 30 years old. She's 4'9. She's coming back on tour this year. And her first round against Sally Wait, Fitzgibbons. 4'9 is in 4 foot 9 inches? Uh, yeah. Exactly. She's 4'9? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. She's so, such a little powerhouse, though. Um, her first heat against Sally Fitzgibbons and Nikki Van Dyke, she scores a perfect 10. She did it in snappers, too. She scored another 10. So I think she's potential for a world title. I think throwing down 10s her first year back on tour, surfing really strong. Has she picked up a, a sponsor yet? Because she, she No, sold she her, hasn't. She sold her house. Did like, she? Yeah. To be on tour? To cover the costs, yeah. So she better be posting 10s. <laughs> yeah. It's on her house. She, yeah, she is, she is very motivated. Yeah, so, so Silvana Lima, for those of you guys who don't know, she dropped off the tour a few years ago. She was injured. Mm-hmm. Dropped off the tour, didn't get the wild card back in, rehabbed her injury, got to the point where she was, you know, maybe able to, to start requalifying and then didn't have the money to travel the world and compete. So she sold her car, sold her house, borrowed money from any, everyone she could and... She's got herself there, and I, I, I'm just looking at the moment to see if she's managed to find herself a title sponsor. I mean, I really hope that uh, somebody's stepped up. I think the front of her board is vacant of stickers. Yep. So yeah. if anyone wants to sponsor her, go right She ahead. might get a, maybe a Joanne DeFay deal. Oh, like yeah. That. Maybe, maybe Gabriel could, Mendina, you might need to... Uh, maybe we could put a Surf Simply sticker on yeah, her Yeah, Surf Simply sponsors <laughs> Lima. Also, that she's 30 years old, I like it. I think it leaves doors open for those women in surfing that aren't under 25 years old that are older but rip just as hard as most of the women on tour and that they can go back on tour and do it they just have to show dedication well i think it's it's been the nice change since the 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 competitions changed from the old format into the the sort of dream tour and we went from doing 20 contests in a year to 10 there really has been that nice change where you can keep up like, did you see the the hurley tour notes video where they were asking people about the you know we're doing dawny sessions yeah who was the earliest and, one out well who was the earliest one out and the, 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 the everyone basically said yeah you, you don't beat carissa moore and yeah i would have said it was sally fitzgibbon uh, carissa moore apparently but um mick came on and said yeah well it used to be really easy to get get the dawny session everybody was hung over because everyone was hung over (laughs) from the (laughs) night before i was always the first one and um (laughs) so you know it it, it, there's obviously been that big change and i think it does mean that that guys can carry on competing because i don't think you know kelly would be able to keep up with a a 20 event 
tour schedule. No. You know, you'd just be so exhausted at mm-hmm. the end of it. And, and also, if you then had that party atmosphere going on around it where it's you surf, you drink, you get up hungover, you surf, you drink, you move on to the next event. Like that would... no Classic one, 99 Yeah, well, I mean, tour. just no wonder that, that nobody over 30 was winning any titles or, or even staying on tour you just burn out yeah um so i think it's it's a really cool thing to see that that change so what were we talking about before oh we were talking about the women's how could you forget about the women's harry who else was there courtney conalog uh, running over the rocks <laughs> running over the rocks and i like it and she saved her board before her body <laughs> yeah so this was for those of you that didn't watch the event this was round three or round one uh, I want to say round one, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So the inside, the, the, the wave at Bells is a right-hand point that, that wraps in as it gets closer and closer to the beach. Um, there are a few, it, it is a beach break, but there are a few rocks that stick out. And uh, Courtney Connellog got a really good, long-running wave. And she got five or six solid turns all the way in. And then as the, be- as the wave came, came in and got closer and closer to the beach, it started to really stand up. And she stayed with it for the last turn as the wave closed out and as it closed out this big slab of rock just sucked totally bone dry right in front of her as she was re-entering the wave she got to the bottom of the wave and then pretty much kicked the board out up into the air in order that the board wouldn't she wouldn't run over the rocks and, and rip the fins out so she kicked the board into the air which meant that she then came down pretty much backflop <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean butt first on slimy south australia rock um, it's definitely a 10 point butt flop onto the rock that was yeah. a 10 point dismount yeah it just goes to show you like how valuable their boards really are when they when they do have a good board for a specific type of wave like you don't even want to ruin the fins or or the board ding it at all like you want to keep it throughout the whole contest so she I must have really liked that board i would have loved to see her do an aussie Wright style just ollie of the rock or a freddie p yeah or a freddie p board slide so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a running theme this season yeah um last year uh obviously she had that injury where she was out half the con or half of the tour and i think she's coming back with with vengeance i think she's gonna do really good this year mm-hmm. she's putting out big name surfers and ending up in semifinals so so who do you think is going to be the girl to break into that steph gilmore tyler wright carissa moore power three because it seems like they're the only three shooting for world titles at this point well Well, i mean sally fitzgibbon so between those four then i would take courtney carnalogs there right behind them lakey peterson she's nipping at their toes really quick though before we move on to margaret river what about the final with carissa moore and stephanie gilmore yeah that ended up being quite tight a little rivalry these days very very close um carissa moore i think it, it was a very very close seat carissa moore ended up having a 14 total wave score at the end of the heat and stephanie gilmore had a 13.27 so very close heat uh the conditions of the waves were they weren't perfect but it was a little bit overhead high um and bell's beach uh peeling right-hander well it was there was some nice sets coming through wasn't it and and so it was carissa's two scores Mm -hmm. with the only two waves she caught right and uh steph only got three waves yeah, and so they both finished. I mean, Steph Gilmore finished with a, a four, 
on her tally and she finished needing a, a low five to win the event. That's weird. Um, you know, if you look back over the, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, you know, the guys are getting five or six waves e- a piece. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real shame that it, it I don't know if it, that it slowed down or if they were just being very tactical about, uh, about trying to take the waves. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great, uh, a really good move from Carissa Moore in that last minute where she uh, held Steph off that. And it looked like a pretty good wave and Carissa Moore was definitely too deep for it. Mm-hmm. But she just paddled, made a good effort, kept Steph off the wave and took it. Because I, I don't know, I reckon if, if Steph had been able to get it, maybe that would have been a five. Yeah, very, very, very close heat. I'm, I am glad that Carissa Moore won. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was three in a row hit for her, isn't it? Three uh, in a row Bells, Bells and three in a row World Tour events. She won because yeah, of uh, Hawaii last she year. She won Hawaii last year. Snapper, apparently, yeah, <laughs> as well as bells. So, so what do you guys think going into Margaret's? It's uh, it's looking. We've got a really good forecast for it. it Super looks like excited. I hear Parko's ordered an eight o. I really like that. I like eight o as a gun size because it's not the ten foot rhino chaser, but that's a serious wave that you need an eight o for. Quick yeah. question: Do you think they'll run it if it's that big? Oh, after their mistake at Cloudbreak, if it's big, I think they have to run. Well, I think as well, it's a very different wave. You know, cloud break when it's big is so heavy, and the the potential for for injuries is so high. Whereas I think that the main wave at Margaret's is a you know it's a, a pretty it's open a big phase. wave. It's a big wave, but it's it's more of like a sunset. Yeah, a big sunset sort of a wave, beach now. So I I think they'll run it. it that wave is comf- holds comfortably twenty foot faces, and I I think they'll they'll run it regardless. But I, there's going to be some guys needing some step-up boards in their quivers. be so good for the WSL's credibility, too. Yes. Especially after these first two events running in just more or less garbage surf. They're yeah. Pretty bad. Bell's had, it had its moments, but I want to see just pumping huge Margaret River. Now, the other side is we've got a good big swell. It's pretty westerly. Could run at the box. So that's going to... West swell's good for the box, so... Are they going to run out there? Ah, oh, I would love that so much. Give you know Slater I, a chance. Do you know what I haven't seen much of? It? When does the box max out? Yeah, that's what uh, we actually had a conversation about that this morning. The box, it's a super heavy wave, but I don't really know what size it tops out at. Well, it's a, it's a slab, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's just you, you see those amazing photos when they're on the shoulder of the wave looking down into it, and you can see the whole slab of rock like sucking dry. Oh. And waves like that do tend to max out uh, above mm-hmm. a certain height. And they're, they're really good because they focus the wave in. And so e- even if you've only got you know a couple of feet of swell, they generally break still pretty hard and mm-hmm. pretty heavy. But then they can't, there's not a lot of those slab waves that really hold up when there's a lot of water moving around because the, the water running off the rock gen- generally uh, messes it up. It so. doesn't really get taller, it just gets wider. Yeah. So that, I mean, that'll be interesting. I've, I've seen them tow the box, I think. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it obviously holds. It's going to be a very rectangular box. <laughs> but the, the, the main break at Margaret River will be... Because it was pretty boring last year, wasn't it? You know, that main break, yeah. it was shoulder to head high and just, just a little bit uninspiring. Lots of cutbacks. <laughs> Lots of cutbacks. But Michelle Perez, cutback king, but, won the event. But see, here's the thing. Even if it's just cutbacks, if it's cutbacks on 15, 20-foot faces... Oh, then awesome. Man, <laughs> on seven and eight-foot boards, like that's going to be such a cool contest to watch. Such a cool event. You're listening to the Surf Simply podcast. So a quick fantasy surfer roundup. We've obviously got uh, our various clubhouses. So just a very quick catch up um, on the Surfer Magazine fantasy surfer, Mr. King. 
taken I think, over. Yeah. You won the men's event, and that's put you in the lead overall. I'm so pretty, pretty, pretty proud solid. about that. I'd yeah. like to thank all the little people that made this possible. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And Jesse, taking the women's event. I knew it, dude. I did so well. Although Ken McIntosh is still leading the overall stats Ooh. on that. I know. Um, so then going into the WSL League, actually, our we did all right. We got we got third Pretty place well. overall in, in in that event behind Mr. King again. Thank you very much. Who took the men's event? Did um, my research. Simon Slashes, whoever you are, wherever you are, uh, is the current uh, is the current leader. I'm coming for you, Simon. And Kenneth, and Ben Kim doing very well in the women's event. Ben Kim still holding on to the lead in the women's event. Kenneth taking the the bells event. So we need to pick our teams. Should we do the women's team first? Sure. Okay, so we've got tier A. Okay. I like this tier system. I like this <clears throat> tier system. So again, it's the it's the three real strong ladies. We've got Carissa Moore, Steph Gilmore, or Tyler Wright. I'm gonna go with Tyler Wright on this one. She yeah. did really well last year. She's I think she's gonna do good at this wave again. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Tyler Wright. I feel Tyler's a strong pick for, for this event. Ty, but Carissa, she's from Hawaii. Got yeah. that deep water experience deep water experience she's she's surfed out at three wins out at jaws she's definitely on a roll she won two in a row let's go with tyler right we did that last episode and it didn't uh, <laughs> didn't do us so good okay into tier b we've got to pick two of these athletes courtney conalog lakey peterson tatiana weston webb sally fitz coco ho sylvana lima malaya manuel joanne de fay bianca jesse what are you thinking about this one i was thinking I, I wanted to throw Lakey Peterson in there, but I'm having second guesses. I definitely know Malia Manuel has to be in there. So Malia Manuel, I would agree. She she seems to be very strong in the bigger waves. Right. So she's in there, so we need one other. It's between, and let me know what you guys think. I was thinking Joanna DeFay, but I don't know if it's just because we just saw her have a great performance in the last contest. Or uh, Tatiana Weston-Webb. She did really well in the last contest as well. And she did really good last year at Cloudbreak. She was in like the quarterfinals or something. She was. She was the wild card at Cloudbreak. Wasn't yeah. Very cool. And she was putting out some of the big names as well. So she's a little charger too. I think that uh, Silvana Lima bulldog go for it attitude might serve her well <laughs> in some big waves. I want to go with Tatiana. I think she's going to charge. You. All right. Let's put her in then. Okay. And then finally, Tier C, Nikki Van Dyke, Dimity Stoyle, Alyssa Quizon. Sage Erickson, Laura Enova. She just got back from P-Pass. She's been Surf charging too. Massive cloud break. I mean, if the waves are going to be any smaller, I would totally have a different approach on all of these people that we're picking. Mm -hmm. But since the waves are going to be as big as they are, Laura Evaner, she charges. She does. She does charge. Do you think she's got the paddle strength? Because ah. throwing yourself like P-Pass is a relatively, it's a very fixed lineup and it's uh, relatively gentle rolling. Whereas Margaret River is a big open water, you know, open ocean sort of a wave. So I, I think it's going to be... I love how Laura Innover's kind of transformed into this charger. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's, she's definitely trying. Dimity nice. Soil then. I mean, she's pretty athletic, um, a really good paddler. Should we go give Laura the nod? I'm going to give her the nod. I love Laura Innover. Let's see how she does. All righty. Uh, rolling on then to the men's event. Tier A, we need two of these gentlemen. Mick Fanning, Philippe Toledo, Adriana D'Souza, Julian Wilson, Geordie Smith, Nat Young, Josh Kerr, and Miguel Pupu. Is this for a tier A, you said? Yeah, so we got two of these guys. Oh, I know who I got my eye on. Josh Kerr. 
He's spent a lot of time over there. He has. If they run it at the box, he's, he's a favorite to win the event. Yeah, I would agree. I think Josh has got to be in there. Just just come off the quarterfinals as well, so strong. And then Mick Fanning's almost a surefire to make the quarters in any event. Yeah. He's got a lot of big wave experience, and from his Hawaii performance, he's always done pretty well at Sunset. Yeah, that's very true. I think true. he could be a pretty good... He's he's Number good on a pick. big board, isn't he? Yep. He's, he's comfortable on a bigger board. And his approach, that real swoopy, cutback, re-entry, big bottom turn. All right, let's throw Mick in. Okay. That's a solid two right there. Into tier B, Taj Burrow, Owen Wright, Gabriel Medina, Matt Wilkinson, Joel Parkinson, Kelly Slater, B. Derbage, Wiggly Dantis, Italio Ferreira, Glenn Hall, Jeremy Flores, Jadson Andre, Freddie P., Sebastian Zietz, John John Florence, and Kolohe Andino. We need four of these guys. Ooh. John John. <laughs> John John, pretty pretty surefire pick. I Hawaiian think, experience. Yeah, big he's gonna be comfortable in those bigger waves. He did did he how did he do last year? I think he, he may have won Margaret's when it was a QS a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think you're right. And he spends a lot of time in Western Australia. In between the Snapper event and Bells, he actually went there for a couple yeah. weeks filming for his new movie, so I think he's a pretty good choice. Pretty good choice. Other okay. than that, Slater. Always really good in big waves. <laughs> Slater was... We were never not going to put him in with you two in the room, were we? No, yeah. definitely have to have Slater. Go Florida. <laughs> third pick? Okay, third pick now. How do you guys feel about Owen Wright? Owen Wright is such a charger. Australian, had a lot, has a lot of experience in Western Australia. The Wright family might do well this year. Ooh. Yeah. Brother, sister, world champs one Let's day. Let's throw Owen in there. I like that. I think he's going to do good, too. Okay, Owen Wright. And then one more pick. What do you guys Taj, think for that? Taj for is going to be strong if if it's at the box. Western Australia. Yeah, I like the Taj pick. You like Taj or Joel? Joel does have that too. secret eight zero on order. Joel's got the secret eight zero. He's the man. He's very good at taking off behind the rocket snapper, which is a, a similar sort of takeoff. To Always that. done really, really well at sunset. Joel or Taj? Up to you guys. I think both I would are good say picks. Taj over Joel. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I've been a bit quiet on this. I'm gonna go for Joel. I think. Good-looking Tier B. It is a good-looking Tier B. The, the, the early dropouts in Bells and Snappers really left uh, Tier B open. So Tier C, we've got Alejo Menez, Matt Banting, Adam Melling, Dusty Payne, Brett Simpson, Keanu Singh, Ricardo Christie, Kai Otten, Michelle Berez, Ace Bucken, and CJ Hobgood. Ooh, there's a couple good ones in there. I mean, based on last year, I think Michelle Berez has to be in there. Oh, they? Michelle Berez has got to be For in there. For sure. He, he won Sunset this year. I keep bringing up Sunset. Well, I, pretty I mean, similar wave. I I think it's a, a reasonable comparison to to Margaret's. If it's go, you know, if we're gonna see fifteen twenty foot swell, mm -hmm. I really like Dusty Payne in this in this group. He's been looking good. Uh, he had that good, really good Hawaiian season last year. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been too exciting on the Gold Coast or at Bells. No. Um, I think this is gonna be a good event for him. Dusty Payne. Sure, let's go for it. Nice. All right, Dusty Payne. All right, so that's our team set. If you want to play against us, uh, sign up to the WSL and put your team together and then go to the groups and look up Surf Simply Podcast. And it, don't worry if you, if you feel that you've you know, let a couple of contests go and you don't want to come in mid-season. It makes each contest individually a lot of fun. Come and join us. It, it, really is, it really is a lot of fun playing around with the fantasy teams, and it, it makes watching the contest a lot more fun. And I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, come and play and knock Jessie off her podium. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
as always, a little forecast running into next week. We have in the North Pacific a little late season pulse coming through. It looks Ooh. like there's going to be a nice pulse as well. It's going to hit uh, Hawaii sometime around Wednesday and then the US, the West Coast of the US on Thursday, Friday. It's looking like it's going to be a nice pulse, long period swell. So if anyone's still hanging around Hawaii, you uh, you might actually get some good waves. In the You're going to score. Uh, yeah, you might get some good waves in the next week. The South Pacific, there is right now, there's a good southwest swell running through South and Central America over this weekend. And there's then a string of smaller, a little bit more jumbled, smaller southwest swell over the following week. But that's obviously going to be intercepted by the north swell coming out of Hawaii. So it might turn up a little jumbled that said i really like it here when we've got north and south swells coming in together yeah gets, some of the beach breaks seem to really like that yeah it gets really peaky and really fun so Ooh. actually i mean for us i'm quite excited about that in the north atlantic we've got a, a couple of big storms which might push out a little swell there's a, a good storm that might push a bit of swell into ireland problem there is it looks pretty windy um this is a long way out but maybe in two weeks time week and a half's time it looks like there might be a really good pulse of swell coming down from absolutely due north running down Ooh. past norway and northeast england and there's some really good reefs on both sides of the north sea that will really love it if that if that does come together but obviously it's a couple of weeks out into the south atlantic we don't have any big like depressions that would cause storms but we do have a big squash zone if you imagine we get high and low pressures which which spin around and, and create wind but where you get two of them sitting next to each other a high and a low they work like cogs in a in a gear mechanism and as they both spin next to each other you get this what's called a squash zone in between the two and at that point it can really accelerate the wind and the nice thing is that rather than being uh, cyclonic and going round and round in a circle the wind in a squash zone is in a, a really straight line so we've got this squash zone in the south atlantic and that's looking like it might push a real big solid swell around Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Get a little a little swell into South Africa and then running into the Indian Ocean. Now in the Indian Ocean, the really big thing is, again, we've got a couple of little depressions. But the big thing is it's like this three-stage squash zone. It's like this whole gear train of systems running through the southern Indian Ocean. And it's creating this couple of thousand miles of wind blowing in a dead straight line Ooh. straight at Margaret River. So there's oh, this man. So there's swells on swells on swells. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's like you've got these three pulses that are all like building on each other that are going to come in and hit Margaret. So that's going to be incredible. Um, that will also obviously push into Indonesia. And in fact, it's going to go all the way along southern Australia and then round to New Zealand and then out into the southern Pacific. So this, this, this could do some exciting things. Awesome. Contest-wise, we've obviously got Margaret River is starting on the 15th of April, rolling through the 26th. Elsewhere, we've got a QS3000 in Martinique in the Caribbean, which is April 21st through the 26th. I somehow feel that might get overshadowed. Mm -hmm. We've then also got a QS10,000 at Trestles. When does uh, that start? So that's April 28th, and it's being sponsored by Hurley. And I saw an announcement today, basically all the CT competitors that have Hurley stickers on are going to be competing at that. Oh, that's a big event. So when it was the Nike Pro Lowers, it was always like my favorite QS of the year. Uh, I mean, it, it's by far and away the most exciting one to watch. And it's it's an event that suits QS style surfing as mm -hmm. well, isn't it? It's, you know, if you want to go out and blow the tail out and do do massive single maneuvers, like Lowers is a good wave for that. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's always an exciting one to watch. So that's about it for this week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Again, I apologize. We haven't got the show notes for this episode. They are coming. We are working on it. But if you do want to get in touch with us, 
please do email us, uh, podcast at surfsimply.com will get me. Otherwise, I hope you have a, a lovely couple of weeks. Hope you get some waves wherever you are. And from all of us here, see you later. See you later, guys. Bye, guys. That was the Surf Simply podcast from the team at the Surf Simply Coaching Resort. Find us on facebook.com slash surfing or at surfsimply.com. Thank you.